Are we ready, Spaghetti? Girl, we are ready, Spaghetti. Like, I'm so excited. I know this has been a pattern. I feel like every episode, I'm so happy, and you're, like, sweating. Sweating. The, no. last, few, the last few. I'm sorry. Ignore that ghost that you heard. We don't have anyone here just yet. <laughs> um, Carmen, how are you? I'm fine. Had two panic attacks today. I'm on my second Ativan. Probably going to take a third at some point. What a day. a day. <laughs> I've had a mostly great day. I ate some bread for breakfast and then I went to sleep. So that is my gluten-free hell that I've been living in. And I had some some bread. And honestly, I can't even... I was thinking about that bread like later. Like it's so good when you have toast. Yeah. <sighs> so welcome to I'd Kill a Spider for you. My name Definitely. is Catherine. What kind of bread? Oh, Sorry. It was, uh, it was like a crusty white loaf, and I cut thick slices, and I fried it in the pan. Ugh. It was so good. Okay, anyway. I'm not eating bread either. That's not oh. fair. It's like, we have it like once a month. We'll have bread or some kind of like yeah, gluten something. I'm dying here. And then you go to sleep, and then you have like a couple of days to recover. <laughs> okay, right. welcome. This is entirely off topic to what we're going to be talking about, but like, is it a podcast with us if we're not off topic? Mm. So welcome to I Kill a Spider for You. My name is Catherine. And I'm Carmen. And, and this I'm- is our bi-weekly podcast where we talk about like a variety of issues and topics big issues small issues we get political very often as we will be getting Mm -hmm. today sometimes we talk about pop culture sometimes it's everything at once so this episode we are going to be talking about like i'm very excited for this topic because i didn't even prepare i didn't prepare i was like i got i have a lifetime of preparing we're talking about colorism and light skin privilege which is oh such a great topic Mm-hmm. And we have a guest to join us. Mm-hmm. He was on Hello. an episode um, previously about tattoos. Yes. So welcome back to Evan. Now you're, now you're a, an all star, a frequent guest. I feel, I feel that way. Mm-hmm. I feel welcome. Uh, you heard him interject a couple of times, and that was our ghost. So here we are. I made an early appearance. <laughs> so people had questions. A couple of them, I think, are specifically for Evan. And just for context, everyone, um, Evan and I would, I, 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 will, I will say, would be considered off-whites because we're not really white. But like maybe in some spaces, people are like, that's a white man or that's a white lady. <laughs> yeah, so- I feel like we should, yeah, take our, everybody's um, color temperature. So yeah, Carmen is an, is an off-white. Evan is also an off-white of different origins, if you want to get into that in a second. And I am a, like a medium-toned black woman you know i'm not like super dark but i'm not like described as fair how dare okay we'll get into that in a minute but how dare someone ever describe me as fair and you too would you like to go into your backgrounds sure i can get started so my family's mexican we have an interesting background um my grandma looks white and is white essentially but she married a man who was like darker than her um so her kids all look different some more blonde some were, look like my mom, who looks like really indigenous. Um, but anyway, my mom got with a white man, a red-haired, freckly white man. I mean. From Nicaragua. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he had like hazel eyes and red hair and freckles, which is where I get my freckles. So. It's the ginger. It's the ginger power. Oh, God. My and so, Oh, God. And that, that's how that happened. And uh, so I can talk about the fact that I did not realize that I uh, might be considered white until I started working at a space where there were no white people. And then they let me know real quick that they thought I was white and I, it blew my mind. But then also after a while, I was like, oh, that makes sense. So that's my story. Evan? Yeah, me. Uh, so my mother is, I mean, both my parents were like born in Canada but my mother is pretty much as white as they come. She's Scottish and Irish and French. Uh, she's about five feet tall with red hair and literally freckles head to toe. And my dad is, uh, his family is from the Caribbean. Also, obviously, Africa. Everybody's from Africa. Uh, I have family there, but uh, mainly mainly the Caribbean. So, like, in specific, St. Kitts and Nevis. Uh, so, yeah, that's mainly where, yeah, most of my family is from. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, yeah, like, skin color like yeah i'm i'm pretty pale <laughs> i'm shade pale most people most people now would assume that i'm white uh mainly because i have a shaved head growing up i had an afro like my whole life so that was like a pretty good indicator that i was not strictly white <laughs> and there might be a, some other some other race mixed in there mm-hmm. i feel like you're maybe 
like an ethnically ambiguous person. Yeah, people, people are always like, left guessing. Because people of color, I think, would probably be like, mm, is he white? That's funny that you should say that. Actually, those are, it's usually um, black or Hispanic women who yeah. notice that. And uh, yeah, they'll kind of, they're like, are you mixed? You know, and I'm like, yeah. They're like, I knew it, I knew it, you know, and they're all kind of laughing about it. But yeah, uh, white people don't know shit at all. No. Like, really. Mainly, I guess, like, it's just because there's just certain features that they just, like, don't pick up on. Um, but yeah, to, every, to most people nowadays, like, I am a white person. And yeah, my, I'm super pale. My skin's very white, so I, it's understandable. Yeah, that's fair. Kathleen? I already went into my background. Yeah, but did you um, have any points to make on our points? Oh, on your points? Okay, points yeah. Points. Uh, points on points? Yeah, I would say I mean, you've that, seen like, my dad. You've seen my dad. The pictures of your father are... <laughs> I remember I laughed when I first saw that. Um, there's, no, yeah. there's no need for that. I mean... <laughs> to be fair, I was probably a teenage girl when I first saw them, but I still was like, oof, wow, Carmen, you're a white, white. And yeah, Evan, Evan is, yeah, I, I, he's the kind of person that like, I think I would notice that Evan isn't white, but a hundred percent, I'm sure everybody is like, oh, it's a white guy. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you know what? I get Jewish a lot. Oh, that would make sense as well. Yeah. Right? That's so funny. Oh my God. Actually, we'll get into the Jewish black people, mm-hmm. black people and Jewish people pretending to be black situation later um right Evan mm-hmm. we can <laughs> so let's get into um, some of the questions because okay. I think that a lot of the time when we talk about light skin dark skin uh topics mm-hmm. it's just it can get very contentious very quickly so let's start with some questions and we'll we'll, we'll go from there so hold on before the questions I need to show Evan a picture of my dad <laughs> whoa <laughs> oh that's crazy man yeah he's a handsome young man he's look like, at those shades the baller white white he's white white though yeah <laughs> so he, he could be a, he could be a john smith that's for sure uh so anyway that is maybe a reflection of the reaction that Catherine had when i showed her the picture of my dad she laughed and laughed and we will be posting it on the social media portion of this podcast in terms of questions um people are rude i'm just gonna say that people are rude and the first question is specifically for you from our good friend john all right john and uh, who is uh dark-skinned and uh, um, very British. And his question to you is, um, could you please explain the Chris Brown Drake video? <laughs> and is why we're starting? Yeah, and why did you let it happen? <laughs> so, on, on behalf of all light skins, um, yeah, that's a, man, I don't fucking- I sent you, I sent you that video. It yeah, was great. You did send me that video. Um, it was terrible. I watched about, I didn't make it all the way through it, I think I watched like the first 30, 30, maybe 45 seconds and mm. it was pretty much the worst thing. Did ever. you miss the dance, the, the dance off? Uh, I, I probably did. I really Okay, because in the dance off, uh, Chris Brown definitely turns to Drake and says, we have to stick together. We're team light skin. Wait, no, he does? Sorry, yes, he does. <laughs> he does. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Is yeah, this, is this he says light skin. He's Rihanna? like, he's like, light skin guys need to stick together. I'm, you know, post Rihanna. I'm sorry. If wait, <laughs> wait, Drake said that. No, Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Regardless, if we weren't canceling Drake for being a pedophile, can we please cancel him for this? Right. Like when everybody <laughs> asks me, they're like, "Hey, you hear that new Chris Brown track?" Uh, no, 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 I have not. <laughs> Never. No, I have not. He ceased to exist. <laughs> He's out of the light skin kingdom. Well, so so I guess that's the end. <laughs> He's out of the banished. Oh, uh, so so there's that. So I guess that's the answer for John. Uh, my friend Jane had a question. She had two questions. God love her. Um, she must be special. She gets two questions. I know. Okay. So the first question that she asked was, "Will you die if you talk about your privilege?" Because if the answer is no, why is it so hard for you assholes to talk about your privilege? Hey, man, that's actually, I don't know. I don't know if it's hard for all of us. I can't, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not leader of the light skin, so I'm not going to make a wide sweeping comment for everybody, but um, I'm, I'm fine to talk my privilege. Like, for sure, I recognize that in, like, really difficult situations. Like, I mean, man, like, dealing with police, for sure. I'm like, there's been instances where, like, I've, you know, not necessarily been doing right things, and I'm like, man, thank God I'm not black. I've, I've, <laughs> I've like, I, honest to God, I mean, it sounds, it sounds, like, crazy. But no, it's, like, but that's the fair. It's a fair yeah. assumption, man, because I'm like, I'm already getting it bad, and it would be way worse if I was black. Right. And that's, that's, like, I've, that has literally gone through my mind several times. That's um, fair. Also, like, 
I don't know. It's it's a weird thing because like sometimes it's a privilege and then sometimes it's like it's a consequence, you know? Because like uh, there's always that one joke. Uh, there was actually it was on Family Guy. I think it was like one of the earlier uh, seasons, and they were talking about race. Like they have the family, and they're all like like all the different like nationalities. Oh, like, okay. Like a foster home, and he's like. I'm mixed race. I, everybody will love me. I'm going to fit in everywhere. <laughs> and yeah, that's not always the case. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, back to the question though. Yeah. Is it hard for us to talk about privilege? For some people, I'm sure it is, but I definitely acknowledge that there's both privilege to having fair skin. Right. You'd be insane to deny that. That is very true. Um, she, her other question was followed by several paragraphs yeah. of just Paragraph <clears throat> rant. So she said, honestly, light-skinned people swear they have it harder. We face racism from both sides. And she says, is my favorite, but it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then her question was, why are they such trash? <laughs> and then she said, oh, and, then she, <laughs> and then she, you know, she just said that, uh, how do you deal with not taking up too much space, but also taking up space because you're able to talk about things that other people may not be able to do. So like, how do you, how do you take that on? Uh, I can say that like, I don't really, um, I don't know. It doesn't like really come up in my day-to-day life unless somebody makes it come up. So there, there's privilege right there. You know what I mean? And I can acknowledge that. Like, I don't need to talk about racism unless Mm -hmm. I feel like it. And that is my privilege. No, that, yeah. So when people say like, I understand that though. Like when people, like there is a duality to that, that people say like, oh, we face racism from both sides. But I think of us as more as like, I'm more of like a witness to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't experience it directly, but I'm kind of like this witness and I can give you a perfect example. I was tattooing a gentleman like early on in my career. Uh, I worked at a shop that I couldn't really say anything or do anything, you know, um, like against that kind of behavior. So I just had to kind of let it brush off. But yeah, I was tattooing this gentleman. He was talking about some riding that was going on and uh, he clearly thought he was in safe company. You know, I'm, I, I have a shaved head. I'm a fucking super white looking person. And uh, yeah, he was saying like, you know, we all know how this is going to go. You know, I'm not racist, but. Oh no. Okay. So yeah, what those monkeys are doing in Baltimore right nope. now. It, you know, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, nope. so that was his word. So let's just say the room got real quiet for the next two hours while I finished this tattoo. And um, yeah, yeah, I just, that, that, things like that happen frequently where people think that they're in like-minded company. Um, uh, yes. Where they'll just say something really crazy ignorant around me. Yeah. Where they wouldn't, they wouldn't have the gall to say that if they knew that I was half black. Right. But they feel safe because they don't know. Mm. So in terms of experiencing racism that way, it's just, for me, I don't think I really experienced it. It was more of like a secondhand way of me experiencing it. Right. Um, whereas like I can go into the world, like I don't have dark skin. Nobody's going to, you know, deny me a job. Nobody's going to like think I'm a suspect if I'm like running late at night with dark clothing on. Like those things I don't experience. So Right. That's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I had one last question, folks, from my friend Tracy. And she said, when did you realize uh, that you had privilege in being light-skinned? And that question is for, obviously, for both of us. Oh, God, that's so hard. So unlike most Latin Americans, I grew up with a mother that constantly talked about how I was racialized and always talked about my indigenous ancestry and was very hardcore about saying that we weren't European and that if we were, it was gross, even though her grandfather was the type of guy who would make you kiss his ring when you saw him. Crazy. Yeah. So he's like one of those people. So yeah, I grew up kind of around that. And I knew that people could be racist in general. But I and I also knew that like my mom would tell me that Latinos could be racist against black people because and she would always tell me we're the worst. Like we're the worst when it comes to being racist. And I was like, cool. <laughs> uh and she's like, so don't do it. And I was like, okay, fair. Um she basically told me that if you uphold the European side of you more so than the indigenous or the African side of you, there's something wrong with you and you have not been raised right. But then it wasn't until maybe my early 20s that I, or no, my, yeah, my mid 20s maybe that I was like, oh fuck, like I'm like, I do have white privilege because people treat me better than they would treat black people and people wouldn't question my identity in the way that they do others. And in certain spaces, I can get away with things that maybe other people can't. And as much as most white people, depending on what kind of white person, when they see me, they're like, she's not white. You know, it adds a different dynamic 
if it's like in a school or, or things are going on and they think I realize that, yeah, I have, um, I have privilege that other people don't have. And a lot like Evan, I've had a lot of fucking off whites and brown people think they can tell me some racist ass shit Garbage. and then I'm just gonna like be fine with it and agree with it but I I get a little violent and angry so um it never ends well for them <laughs> um so I always knew I was racialized and I didn't know that it was something that could be fluid until I was in a space where people were like oh you're Portuguese right like Italian and I was like no no I'm I'm Mexican and they were like, oh, huh, I see it, I guess. And then, and then nothing. So it wasn't until later that I, I realized that that was a thing. But it was interesting because I think I noticed it most when I was in, working in the space where it was like all racialized people because I had a lot of black clients and even the clients that were black but light skin, like part of it was because I was a social worker and they were the client. But like if I had to intervene between them and the cops and I'd have to get between them, like they would treat me extremely differently than the client. I know part of it has to do with the fact that one of them's a client and whatever else, but I think it also has to do with how I was interacted with even, um, with like landlords that I had to deal with or um, like property managers, superintendents, things like that. It was just a very different, yeah, it just was different. And I think it also confuses a lot of Latinos because when they see me, they don't necessarily think that I'm Latin American because of my accent. So when I tell them I speak Spanish, they're like, oh, you do? And I was like, yeah, I've spoken Spanish. My whole, it's my first language. I've, it's my first language. I've spoken it my whole life. And they're like, oh, but I don't hear an accent. And I was like, I know I have a Mexican accent in Spanish and I have a Toronto accent in English. And that's just that. But then after that, they, I mean, to them, it makes sense. It just, it's very confusing for a lot of people, I think. I have a, I have a, what's the word? I, I'm an ethnically ambiguous person. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been told. I can fit into many categories. I don't like, I, I knew you were Mexican. I didn't know you were Mexican, but I knew you were Hispanic as soon as I saw you. Like, I had no doubt. Yeah. See, yeah, a lot of people feel strange. that way. My identity has gotten people very upset. <laughs> some people are like, how dare you say she's white? And say, because they just don't see it. And then some people are like, nah, she's definitely white. So it's, um, it's interesting. I think my, my, my presence sometimes confuses people because I ask questions just like you do to make people uncomfortable. So I remember there's this woman who I worked with who is like third generation Japanese or something. And she was just like, but like, you're white. And I, and I was like, so Nira sitting next to me is the same skin tone as me. She's, is she white? And she's like, well, no, she has an accent. And I was like, sorry, so are Ukrainians white? <laughs> like when they come here, do they count as white? And she's like, no, but they're, they're from Europe. And I'm like, I'm confused. And then I was like, you also don't have an accent. So you're not, like, I was just, it was very confusing. Yeah, the thing about that is that it's very funny that for you, you have, both people thinking that you're white, but also you also do just have light skin privilege, even if they didn't think you were white, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just very funny because, I mean, I guess Evan is the same as well, but like with Evan, I can see it more, but honestly, Carmen, I don't know why anyone thinks you're white. <laughs> you it's don't crazy. look white at all. I can see it. Like, I, I know people are that dumb and ignorant, yeah. but like, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Like when a... <sighs> Like sometimes with certain racialized people, like like they don't think I'm I'm white, but they like I recognize that there's nuance because there's people who'll be like, oh, another white girl, because especially in social work, the way we behave as social workers is just as bad as white people. So like black social workers and like black clients are gonna be like, no, we don't want her here, which I think is fair. Um, and it's not until they get to know me that they're like, oh, she's fine. She's and no, and then they see me as not white. That's that's a really good point. And yeah, carry on because I, I have to add to that. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where like, I remember the last job that I had before these two that I had, there was a conversation about, about how, oh, they're hiring another white girl in the social work position. And it was two black workers and they were like, oh, they're hiring another white girl. And then when I came in, it was really funny because one of the workers was very, she like tried to talk to me a couple of times, but I think a couple of things must've happened where I was really um, upset about something. And so I, I think my full self came out and she was like, sorry, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm Mexican. And she's like, oh. And she's like, I don't know. I thought you were you were one of the other ones because somebody else I worked with 
was also not white, very not white, but an off-white, but they still called her white based on her behavior. And for me, they were like, oh, you're not white. I get it now. And I was like, maybe it's also an attitude thing as well as a privilege thing. Like, I think you can have the privilege if you don't use it well or you pretend like you don't have it, they'll just keep treating you like a white person. Mm -hmm. I can see that. If that's a thing, maybe I'm wrong. It, I feel like it's almost like it's, it's like a situational thing where like it just depends where you're at and who you're with. Mm -hmm. You know, like, uh, like personally myself, it's like growing up, I was really heavily involved in like just certain sports that were more geared towards like uh, racialized groups, you know, like all mm -hmm. my friends growing up were black, Latino or, you know, Filipino for the most part. And like, that's, that's not the area that I grew up in, but just from basketball, that's the mm -hmm. culture and those are the races that I was exposed to. So it was really interesting because like, obviously my dad would come with me yeah. to the game. So everybody knew I was black and like I had an older brother and like he was he was really good at basketball so I was kind of following what he was doing and uh yeah that was just the thing everybody knew we were mixed like that was the thing we were like the one mixed kids with the afros on the team uh people would be like yo that white boy with a fucking huge afro and I'm like there I am just bobbing around and yeah so it was cool and I fit in there and it was fine they knew that I was half black so it was okay if I did certain things or I acted a certain way when I was in that community but then I found myself in certain situations where I could find myself in trouble real fast depending on where I was, who I was with, or what I was doing. Mm -hmm. um, an example of that, we were in Malvern once uh, up in Scarborough, and uh, I was there just playing basketball, man. That's, we'd go there a lot when, we were, when, I, was, when I was younger. And uh, one of my friends told me, he's like, yo, don't come here without me, you know? And I was just <laughs> kind of like, you know, if you're not from here, don't, don't hang out here. So I was like, okay, we're, yeah, like, totally fine. Um, at that time, I didn't have an afro. I actually had cornrows, um, which is another thing we'll get into. <laughs> white people braiding their hair, you know, going on vacation, getting little tinfoil bees. Um, oh, the predator braids. Anyway, Terrible. Yeah. So, so anyways, yeah, I, I was on the court. I didn't listen to him. I went there without him. And a group of dudes came up to me. And they were, like, basically just fucking with me. And, like, they just wanted to fucking beat me up. Like, they are like, what's up white boy like why do you have your hair braided like you want us to fuck you up like we'll pull your braids off like and they had no idea that I was mixed so that was a fucking real problem for them so yeah my friend thankfully like he rolled by the court like, <laughs> in time to kind of save my neck and be like yo it's cool man like he's light skin yo chill <laughs> and suddenly it was cool man all those guys are my friends you know we we're smoking we we're drinking we we're shooting baskets together like we we're chilling everything was cool but before that when they thought I was white, it was an issue. Right. A big issue. Huh. So Which... certain instances like that, like those happen, I don't want to say all the time, but frequently enough for me to notice them. Yeah. Yeah. A I lot mean, of it I... does depend on sort of the space that you're in yeah. and, um, and who's talking to you. So Carmen mentioned something briefly before that enraged me because how dare anyone call me fair-skinned I am mm. absolutely not <laughs> but this person is Nigerian and much darker skinned and he called me fair-skinned and I was like excuse me <laughs> you just ultra black dude. I'm <laughs> how dare you like it's and but like I never and I've never even considered like my skin tone to be fair, fair at all by anybody's standards like I talked to him again about it and did he double down on it well no he like tried to explain because I was like who was that actor that you said was like light-skinned and then we looked at him and he wasn't light-skinned at all he was Catherine's color and he was like I can't remember his name and then I said do you really think Catherine's fair skin and he's like well maybe not like fair fair but you know like fairer than others and I was like what Anyway, this weird quantifying of things that we it's all It's very interesting. And also the reason why it upset me, I think, more than, I don't know, it might upset either of you for whatever reason, is because, like, there's no situation where anyone's not going to think I'm Black, mm. you know? There's no, mm -hmm. like, hiding for me. Like, there's no, like, all mystery, like, behind a veil. There's no, there's no situation where I'm not going to be Black. Mm -hmm. So it's the politics of just, like, within Black the black community of just like every different sort of um skin tone has its own i don't know moniker has its own <laughs> like it's, it's descriptor it can be it's madness and i'm like guys 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 like this is the caste system this is just what white people wanted for us like we need and it's stop. still happening oh god on, i know on a point like that like uh in terms of like light-skinned men like uh for shadism like with black people like definitely light skins like we're looked at i don't want to say Sing, uh, I don't know, what's feminine? Feminine would be the way I'd say yeah. it. Like, like, we're looked at as, like, 
pretty boys, like soft people, like <laughs> not real men. Like I, those, those are things I hear, man. Like honestly, like, and that's definitely like, yeah, a, a color thing, like or a shadism thing. Yeah. And it can also be worrying like for me personally, cause my nephew is mm. half white and he is so not black. He looks like he is from the Middle East. Like he is so, cause he's mixed with black, white and Indian. And so he just looks Middle Eastern. And so I'm just like, well, what's gonna happen to you when you're older? Like, are you going, what are you gonna identify as? How is this gonna shake out? Because- You need to fix it, Catherine. Oh, it can be complicated. I will be, I will be training that little boy to be Malcolm X. However, he will not be treated <laughs> that way by anybody. Well, Malcolm X is also light, so. Yeah, but he was still uh, visually yeah. black. My, he, my nephew, that little boy is like from Iran. Like he's not. Like, it's like if Rami was like, I'm black, you know? Like Rami Malik? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, that would be the conversation. Um, do you remember when I'm, do we want to talk about, because it always comes up, the trash assery of people I've dated. Um, <laughs> the Lambert situation? Oh, please, let's. I'm always down to talk about that one. <sighs> Me too. So when I don't I, know what's happening. So when I was in high school, I had a boyfriend. He was Guyanese. His name was Lambert. And um, Your name? Carry on. <laughs> he um, was a nice human, generally speaking. There were things, there were some red flags at the beginning. Like he used to tell me about the spot of good hair he had at the back of his head. And I was like... <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. First of all, people seem to like forget. People tell me things and I'm like, I didn't know this was a thing until I was in university. Not even because I'm not black or not whatever, but my mother was an immigrant who kept me at home all day, every day. I hung out with no one but myself until I was like in high school. So, you know, there's a lot of shit that I missed. So I was like, what does he mean? This like good hair, whatever situation. I've never, never in my life should have been a sign. But then um, he would openly tell me as we were dating that he um, didn't date black women what? because they have too much attitude. Whoa! And I, much. yeah, I, 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 I mean, I kept dating him, but I was also 60, 17. 16, 17? Right? That's how old I was, no? Yeah, I feel like you did tell me at the time, and I remember being like, even then, even high school, Catherine was like, what the fuck, Garvin? Yeah, but, but you know what's funny? There were, there were girls in our high school who, when they saw me dating him, were angry at me. And they're like, why are you taking all the black guys? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I, I'm not doing, I'm not, I, that wasn't my intention. And then also, would, do you want him? I wouldn't. Retrospect. You were dating him and you're like, even I'm not interested <laughs> like, in this. Is this really but beyond, yeah, um, beyond that, Lambert was also trashy in other ways. <sighs> so we worked at this place called Woody Woodchucks together. That's where we met. It was my first job. And it was like a Chuck E. Cheese. It was a knockoff Chuck E. Cheese. And him and my other friend, Charnel, who were both black and darker, would have arguments in the kitchen about who was burnt toast and they're like who's darker and who's burnt toast and then they'd call each other burnt toast and it made me wildly uncomfortable because I had no idea what was going on but anyway and then Catherine and I decided to go to Mexico got a great tan I have never looked more myself than we I both did looked amazing we went we got like yeah. it was like shades darker like yeah. it was so it was like I remember it was even it was just like one day because we went out um we were in Cancun and we looked at ourselves in the mirror before we left because it was like this big hotel mirror and then when we came back Carmen was the shade I had been before we left and I was like the night it was the best <laughs> like <nice>. tan <laughs> ever it was so good and then when we got home from this trip Lambert was picking Carmen up and man did he laugh in my face at how dark I was he laughed so hard he was like clapping he like had to like walk away he was dying at how dark I had become why and I was that comedy I know he thought it was so hilarious how dark I was now mm -hmm. and then I remember my mom to this day if I bring that boy up she's like I hate him my mother still to this day is like fuck that guy <laughs> Well, no Which is fair. It's very fair. I actually then found out I, my cousin, I think still had him on Facebook or something. And so she creeped him and she's like, I think he's like with someone. And I was like, it has been like years. I really don't, I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. And she was like, I think you should look. And so I looked and the girl looked just like me. 
And I don't think it has anything to do with him being hung up on me, more so that he only dates not white, but not black people. That's great, man. Yeah, that's a crazy thing. That is a thing for people. That's a thing. Catherine, remember that lawyer I went out with, the light-skinned one, and you were like, you're probably his like wavy-haired something-something, and I was like, <laughs> well, this has ruined it for me. The Spanish flame. Yeah. I mean, probably. <laughs> she, yeah, he was, I thought about it, and I was like, well, he's a lawyer. That makes sense. It was based off of everything else you had told me about him. It wasn't just because he's black. It was just, I was like, cumulatively, this is pointing in one direction. (laughs) And it's his light-skinned, wavy, something, something. Yeah. I've I've had had women say crazy shit to me, like, about, like, once they find out that I'm half black, like, there's always, the really ignorant ones, they always want to know certain things, you know? So uh, a certain question I always get Mm -hmm. is, um, Yeah, I think we know. Yeah. No, because there's, no, 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 not, the, not that one. No, this one's PG. They always want to know what kind of guy my dad is. So, in Sorry? Case yeah. In oh, case yeah, we were not expecting this question. <laughs> you can get that one. So. Is your dad in your life? Yeah, absolutely. That, so is that, that a is, question? That's always a question. I hope always, you punch them. Always, always, always. Oh, uh, do you know your dad? And <gasps> um, are your parents still together? Lord help me. That, that's usually one for sure. Um, and they don't actually know that it's that's ignorant, and it's not always the first question, but it's always brought up in the conversation. And another one that's super common is, I guess there's only two kinds of black people to some people. So there's the gangsta black guys. I say gangsta with a with an A at the end, not uh-huh. the ER. Um, keep it straight. Or there's you know like educated black people who have jobs and just like we don't know about them because they're not on the news shooting people. So she asked me. Uh, I, she was like, oh, like, you're, yeah, so you know your dad? Like, that's cool. What does he do? And I was like, oh, he's a director of photography, actually. Like, he's, he's a professional. Like, he works in film and television. She's like, oh, like, like, is he kind of, like, does he wear dress shirts or, like, is he gangsta? No. What? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he gangsta? So let me just tell you that was the shortest meal of my life. Uh, I finished my steak, and she had a taxi for dessert. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yep. man. Like that's that's it. Like not for a minute. No, that's really bad. That's so awful. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I get. I have like I have treasure troves of shit. I was on a date with this girl once. Yeah, we're at second cup. Uh, this has actually happened to me multiple times. Once with a woman, once with a former coworker. She had a, her coffee cup and she was pointing on different gradations of brown on my no. cup to ask me how dark my dad was because she didn't believe I was black. And then mm. proceeded to ask me for family photos. No, you wow. don't. Okay, actually, let's get into so that. I am absolutely always <laughs> defending any sort. Not even just my blackness. I'm just always defending myself. But I don't feel a need to really anymore. Like I, I'm both who I am. But I just don't like people thinking they can get away with that sort of thing. So that's usually why I speak on it. Okay, but here's my thing. I think that we need to be okay with policing people's identity. Why I say this? Not by white people. Let me just start by saying white people should not be saying this type of shit to anyone, no one, anytime. The reason I say this, as somebody who's Latina and an off-white, is because, um, you know, Catherine- that lady, your favorite oh, lady. Okay, so there was, so yeah, we all know the Rachel Dolezal situation, whatever the fuck she changed her name to. But that Jessica Krug lady, I don't know if you've heard of her. Sounds terrible. So she um, is Jewish from like Kansas or some shit. <laughs> um, but she, you know, Jewish people can often- pull off the like ethnically ambiguous look right so she um, hair. Mm-hmm. so she said that she was afro-latina and took a job uh teaching oh, I heard about her. yeah african-american studies or something uh at this university and wrote a bunch of books about afro-latino identity and everything else but like there were women, black women, who are actually Afro-Latinas who were like- More than qualified? More than qualified and also were like, this don't sound right. Like, this don't sound right at all. Hmm, this doesn't sound like any of <laughs> experiences. It's almost like this is written by somebody who has no clue. I, well, yeah, but these are the people that get the jobs. And so one of the things I think we need to be okay with, and it's like a controversial thing, I think, is policing people's identity because I'm sorry, I get, it's like- how do I say At the this? very least, in academic situations, because it seems to happen quite no, often there. But yeah, <laughs> it's, but like even in professional situations in general, I get it if it's like of no consequence. If you're just meeting someone and they're like, well, "I'm Afro Latina," and they look like I don't know Penelope Cruz, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I get it, but and it, then it's just whatever. But if it's a situation where it's like related to jobs or related to like 
speaking on your lived experience. I think that people should be okay with being interrogated because what ends up happening is that these like off-white people, these white people, these straight up white people, nobody questions their identity because nobody wants to be like, oh, but like, you're not really black or like, you're not really whatever. Like nobody, people are too uncomfortable. But I know for a fact that anytime a black person is like, I'm Latina or I'm Latinx, the automatic question is really from where? So if we get to police black people's identity in that sense, when it comes to being Latino, we should be able to do the same to like off-whites pretending to be black. I mean, I kind of agree. These are controversial opinions we're spouting, but I agree because the thing is, there is so much policing of black people by any sort of other black adjacent something. So like if you're black and Jewish and you're, and not, not even, mm-hmm. I'm just not, I'm not talking about people who are black and Jewish who converted. I'm talking about people who are black and Jewish who've been black and Jewish for the last like 3000 years. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very much policed in Jewish spaces and people don't believe them when they say that they're, that they're Jewish. And like in Israel, they re- uh, receive a lot more discrimination mm-hmm. and that can be found in, yeah, Afro-Latinas, things like that. Like this is not necessarily uh, a, a widespread example, but like in my experience, because I am half Indian technically, like mm-hmm. Indian people, when they find out that I'm <laughs> half Indian, like it's like I told them I'm a ghost. Like they don't believe <laughs> me. They're so shocked. It's so terrifying. <laughs> like it's like frightening for them. They 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 can't comprehend it. And that's also in a lot of like Asian spaces as well, because a lot of people who are indigenous to a lot of places, sort of like along the coast in Asian countries and on small islands and stuff, are dark skinned or black, and they get policed as hell for being like, yeah, I'm Japanese, but they're brown-skinned. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's just start policing these light-skinned people. Let's be like, hey, you know what? Prove it. Prove it. Show me a picture. <laughs> you know what? I, for me, it's not even like a... I think there's, like, time and place for that. You know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. you're, tr- if you're trying to, like, get some sort of, like, validation or you're trying to get some sort of benefit by, like, claiming that, yeah. I think that's when you deserve of to course. be kind of stepped on. Um, but, yeah, like, not just in, like, your day-to-day life. No, yeah, no like, absolutely not. But, like... like no. on stuff being, like... Yeah, like, I, like I'm not gonna go anywhere and be like, I represent the African American community. <laughs> it's like, sorry, dog, I'm not black. Like, or at least my skin's not. Like, you know. So yeah, no, I yeah. know what you guys mean. No, and it, it's it's just really upsetting. And I think, yeah, I just think of like, I just remember seeing all these articles about like, oh, people who are Latin American that you wouldn't think were Latin American, and it was always like lily white people. Or black people. <laughs> it was like Alexis Bledel. And you're like, okay. Yeah, so I think she's from Argentina, isn't she? You know Argentinian. what? Argentinian. Let me not get into it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've been talking very generally about, I guess, our personal experiences. But it should be said that um, colorism is something that, I mean, here we are getting to colonialism time. But like, yeah. colorism is something that is so universal. It exists in every single culture. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's like it's ancient like that's modern day like in in a lot of i mean different cultures uh like i know a lot of asian cultures uh in particular just from like past past girlfriends i've dated is that having the fairer skin depending on like what country you come from um yeah like that's 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 beauty you know mm. beauty standards so if, if you have really pale skin you know you have like the crazy i don't i don't want to say trend maybe like disease of skin bleaching um like products and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they're really popular in a lot of those countries um Mm -hmm. if if you're working out in the fields your skin gets really dark you know so that's that's why it's frowned upon in a lot of those cultures um and if you know you're in the upper class and you don't have to work like you're very privileged Mm -hmm. then of course you're going to be in the shade and you're going to have really fair skin so that's kind of how they differentiate between a lot of those things mm-hmm. and how they treat people yeah it's true and it's the thing is that like it has obviously been a classism thing for a long time but the mm-hmm. cementing of it in so many cultures is because of um colonialism and racism and just like white people going around the world being like look who's the best we are and they were not on um, any way shape or form they it's also just, like categorize black people as the worst yeah they were like all right well let's like make our chart and we're making sure to teach everybody that you know what the worst is it's black so it's not as if this was only taught to black people it's taught to mm-hmm. everybody and the thing is the self-hatred that you can find in the black community for their skin tone is frightening on some levels like the remember taste right but not even just people who are light-skinned it's people who bleach their skin the oh, people who come out looking like pepto-bismol and you're like are you okay i mean i know you're not you're and then you think about like yeah like in asian countries like in india for example like fair and lovely 
and those skin bleaching creams. Did you guys mm-hmm. ever see that commercial for the skin bleaching cream where it was like a skin bleaching cream for your like vagina? What? Yeah. What? It was for that. Yeah. It was for like between your legs and your vagina area and everything. And it was the, the commercial was like a girl with her boyfriend and she was like sort of more dark skinned. And then he leaves her for a light skinned girl. And then the commercial tells her to use this lightning cream. And then she gets him back at the end. Hooray. What? I know. That's a Did real commercial. Did she send him a selfie? Like... <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she sent him a vagina selfie and he was like, well, now I'll have to come back. Yeah, wow. it's really, really crazy and how blatant it is. It's not as if it's like hidden or subtle. And even with our Western ideas, like a lot of people are into, or like white people are into like tanning and things like that. But how many times do you see brightening on like skin creams, even here? But they'll say they don't say they don't say skin lightening cream. They say it brightens. Brightening. It brightens your skin. Yeah, no thanks. Let me be. Anyways, I'm not gonna say why I'm so pale. But that's part of it, I'm sure. Because when I go to Mexico, I am fine, and then I'm here and I look Stop. like a dusty fucking vampire. So it's just not. It's not great. I also think um, we also need to consider how colonialism has changed people's understanding of blackness. Yeah, absolutely. And and race because in Mexico the caste system was so complex there was like 50 different 50 or so different categories of what you could be and like what level you were on and you, and it's still almost like it's unchanged so now we just don't talk about it but it's unchanged it's completely still the same like the people who would have been considered upper class because of their caste when Mexico was new Mexico or, or new Spain or whatever they called it um, those families are still the ones on top. So that hasn't really changed. The way that people look, it hasn't really changed. Indigenous and Black Mexicans are still at the bottom and continue to be and continue to be like slaughtered and massacred and all the other things. So it's just interesting because I sometimes think when we talk about, for example, Blackness, like what does that mean in different places? So like, I don't know if anybody's ever encountered Dominicans and asked them if they're Black. I mean, there, that is a real so big problem. Like, I'm not black. My <laughs> Cuban uncle, problem. my Cuban uncle is his mother is darker than Catherine. For anybody that knows what Catherine looks like, <laughs> like his dad is like a really like an Evan-looking Cuban man, and he's like, no, I'm not black. And he's like, no, that's not, I'm not black. But he says he has African ancestry, but he's not black. But I also think that like the term black is also not necessarily what people use in every, in different places. Yeah, it's true. Like in South Africa with the caste system, like black was only like the bottom tier. Otherwise, if you were mixed with white, you're a whole other thing. You're not technically black. It's very complicated because I think a lot of people, and I mean, more so now people are getting used to the idea that black is just like a umbrella term. Mm-hmm. rather than your specific ethnicity like you can be dominican and black or jamaican and black but it's just so crazy when they say that because like you know it's because of self-hating racism because if someone was dominican and white they wouldn't say they're not white you know what i mean no of course not on the planet would someone dominican and white say i'm not i'm not white i'm dominican everyone would laugh in their goddamn face but mm-hmm. people will say to your face with their whole chest i'm not black uh, I'm Dominican. I'm, I'm I'm Puerto Rican. And you're just like, what? It's like, it's cool, man. You ever look in the mirror? <laughs> like, have you ever, do you see how people treat you? Like, um, answer me this. When the police pull you over, how many rounds are they going to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this is, it's truly, that's what ends up happening. But then I'm also thinking like, um, in terms of privilege, I think one of the main issues with like off-whites is that a lot of what we do is we take up a lot of fucking space because we're like, we're racialized. And so we think we can talk a lot of shit and we'll do things like use the N word and think it's fucking fine when it's not, or like do all the other things that's really inappropriate. Or when people bring up like anti-blackness, they're like, well, I'm Latina. I'm facing discrimination too. And it's just like, it's it's not your turn, ma'am, to talk about this, but that's kind of, we we want our cake and eat it too. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we just want to be seen as oppressed, but also we treat black people or people who are darker than us so indigenous folks as well we treat them like shit we treat them like garbage so it's just not I don't know I think there needs to be a way to move forward in that sense and also being okay with the fluidity because I've also had a hard time with like the indigenous shit because in Mexico I'm definitely not indigenous by any stretch of the imagination because of how the caste system works they just see me as Mexican. But like, yeah, if I were darker, if I had different features, they'd be like, oh, she's indigenous. But no, 
I'm just Mexican. So people who are, yeah, Latin Americans here kind of get that. But if I talk to even indigenous people in Canada and they're like, and they're like, are you indigenous? And I, my response was like, sort of. And they're like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I'm like from Mexico. And they're like, oh yeah. So you're one of us. And I'm just like, I mean, I, I guess like it's complicated. And they're like, it's not complicated. Are you not from Turtle Island? And I'm like, yes. And then they're like, well, and then that's the end of that conversation. So having to be okay with that fluidity, I think is important. But also I think we just need to like shut the fuck up when we need to shut the fuck up and also speak when other people are, are getting shat on. Yeah. It does not Big happen. Time. And that means at the detriment of like our employment and like our positions that we're in and like what we're doing, honestly. Yeah. It can get kind of complicated though, because remember it was like, I'm not sure if it was essence or something, but there was um, a cover of a magazine and it was like Jesse Williams and like Zendaya and like some other light skinned person. And it was like talking about race. And I was like, this is I, and like legitimately i remember like jesse williams said something like oh we understand that you know us all being light-skinned is problematic in this instance and i'm like yeah but for all that you talk about you know here you are here you are like you're still doing it so a lot of the times what happens is that like light-skinned people will be heard more than um darker-skinned people and then they will take the like accolades from it. And I think that is something that needs to be put in check because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use your privilege, but like, don't be standing up here. Like our white leader telling us about, <laughs> about how much you work on like anti-racism, blah, 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 because. Let me show you how I'm going to uplift the Negroes. <laughs> right. You should, they should, but, but actually what they should be doing is uplifting darker skinned people who I'm sure they know, and I'm sure they work with, and I'm sure yeah. they've had conversations with, you know, because it always ends up some light, white, bright, no shades from white man is like talking about race and everyone's like, oh my God, he's so well-spoken. And the, yeah, and that's exactly what it is. I, I do think, I mean, the one thing I do like about Jesse Williams, Kevin, if I must say, is that he doesn't date white ladies. I mean, that is a, that is a thing, okay. but <laughs> I mean- Let's just, I mean, if we're going to bring up that topic, let's go for it. Because another issue in the colorism thing is just how much um, women who are lighter skinned of whatever race that they are, are so prized by the people of their Mm -hmm. group. And it's so like weird and gross because I'm like, listen, you can date whoever you want to date. But like, I remember I saw this picture where it was a family and it was a girl and her like four brothers or whatever. And they're all dark-skinned, the family. But, like, every single one of her brothers was with someone who was, like, the lightest, whitest version of a Black person. (laughs) And I was, like, and literally in the picture, she's, like, giving side-eye. And I was, like, yeah, honestly, that's a problem. If, like, if, like, every single Black person in your family is, like, I want a light-skinned queen, there's a problem, you know? Yeah, things have happened there. Like, there is something going on and something going wrong in that family. Because there are so many people, like, I'm lucky that, I haven't had to deal with that from my mother, at least not my the color of my skin. My mom thinks that like the darker I am, the healthier I look. Like she's always very positive about dark skin. But in those circles, when there's a bunch of guys who are all dating like light bright tree shaved from white, you know that daughter has the worst relationship with her mother. Like you know, you know she has um her skin policed and her hair policed and her nose policed yeah. by her family if that is the outcome. Like, oh it's God! Just the truth—they all intersect. It all comes together. A and big it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, I have a cousin who is like very, very white-looking. She she was born a week after me. I don't really talk to her a lot, and she's like really—I don't know—I don't know how to put it. But her mom always made her dye her hair and like blonde. Ooh. But she also looks white. But she made her dye her hair blonde. Like she didn't want to. She was. Well, made I don't to. know if she didn't want to, but she was basically like look like a princess you'll look like a princess. Like, I don't know that she made her, but she, like, encouraged her to, like, wear makeup and, like, do all these things. And, like, she looks really white. And everybody talked about how beautiful she was, which was really strange. Not that she wasn't, but, like, it's weird when you're standing next to somebody and the response is always that they're beautiful. You're just like, ah, I see. There's a hierarchy here. Yeah. It on. is very troubling. It's like, like I love Beyonce. I do love Beyonce, but Beyonce's been blonde for like 15 years. I have like, been telling right. you, Catherine, and every time you're like, what are you talking about? Listen, it's hard to critique Beyonce, but Beyonce has been living that blonde haired life for quite some time. And it is a little weird, especially when she does things where she'll have like her backup dancers all have afros, but I'm like, and you? And you have your blonde wig. You have your me. blonde wig on? 
right. situation going on. I know it's really, it's just rough to kind of get it to make sense. And I think, I think for me, it's one of the things I've had to learn is that I need to figure, and one of the things that I do is I'm, I'm usually pretty quiet, I feel, in like a lot of racialized spaces. I try to be as quiet as possible unless I absolutely have something to say because I'm scared of taking up too much space. Likewise. Yeah, we're just talking kinda, about race. <laughs> yeah, I just sit there and I'm like, hmm. One of the things that I do that I'm trying to do, because one of the other things we need to be careful with is that some Latinos who have African ancestry, like my own, so I'm calling out my family right now, is that they like to act like having African ancestry makes you black. It doesn't. So let me say this to all my Latinos out there who have African ancestry, but who don't look black, who aren't treated as black people, who would never be considered black in any way, shape, or form, who are like 10th generation black person, whoever it was. Twice removed. Yeah, you're not black. You're not black, and you don't get to claim it, and you don't get to be it. And so I'm having that conversation now with my family because my family has never really been a family of like anti-blackness, but they've definitely been a family that's been like, no, but like we have African ancestry. Like we're, we, we're, you know, we're the same. And I'm like, you're not the fucking same. You're not the same. You're not treated the same. Stop it. And that's my struggle right now is getting people to understand that because I also think that a lot of people, especially in academia, are taking up space and saying that they're black because they have African ancestry and they're not. And they're just Latinos and nobody questions them because they're brown. So I think that needs to change. And one of the things that I do in presentations that like I have to be very careful what spaces I'm doing in is when I talk about like you have to do a stupid bio every time when you present to people. And so my bio, I always mention that I have um, indigenous um, ancestry, African ancestry, and colonizer ancestry. And I put it as colonizer because um, every other Latin American will be like, my background is Italian and Spanish. You're a conqueror then. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) I put it that way to make people like Latin Americans consider the fact that like you don't need to deify the European side of you. But then also I need to be careful because just because I say I have African ancestry, it doesn't mean that I am claiming being black because those are two very different things. And I think people just use those terms interchangeably and very loosey-goosey to get more clout, especially when it comes to academics. Academics is like a weird poisoned waterhole when it comes to dealing with when it's convenient. Exactly. And then, and I'm also like, no, you're not black. Like, it's not, I have, my family, I cannot, every time they bring it up, I'm like, well, Catherine, you possibly had the same experience with your family in conversations about being black. Well, that can be more complicated. Like, my mom, I swear, and like my uncles, like, sometimes they refer to themselves as black people, and I'm like, no, because they're Indian, and they're Jamaican, (laughs) but they're brown, and so, like, it, but it is this weird thing where I feel like a lot of Jamaicans, it can get very messy and muddled with the way they identify. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is complicated, but I do call my mother out every single goddamn time. Yeah. To wrap everything up, I just want to end on something that, like, Carmen, you might have to elaborate, because a friend of ours who was not on this episode, who wanted to, um, who had an opinion about colorism that was a little bit, what did he say? He said that, like, it's not, there's no such thing. Oh, oh, Andrew. So he's the reason it took us a year to get this podcast going. This, 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 I'm going to kill you. This, this episode going because he doesn't like to talk about light skin privilege because he says that. He has so much of it. Okay. So that's Catherine's opinion. Um, But he basically says that it doesn't make sense to talk about it because what you should be talking about is white supremacy, not colorism. It makes me it's all part of white supremacy. crazy. It's not that it's not part of white supremacy, but to say that you don't have to specify as a light-skinned man in a, in a position where he often is like deferred to about like racial things, it makes me crazy. It makes me so angry. The idea that he could say that colorism is not an issue and we just need to talk about white supremacy, I'm like, listen, you, you are being the biggest white man in the world right now. Like, I don't know how he doesn't see it. Like, you think black people invented colors? It's just so crazy because I'm like, we need to have these discussions because they're not going to go away by just talking about white supremacy. We need specificity in our discussions about race because truth is, is that specifics were used when it came to oppression. Mm -hmm. It's not that they were like, oh, we'll just do a broad spectrum. Like there are specifics for the size of nose you have and the lips you have and the hair texture that you have. There are specifics for everything and everything is quantified and everything is categorized and to say that colorism is not something to talk 
about and we should just talk about white supremacy makes me so angry. It's bonkers. He's not here to defend himself, but I'm telling him he is incorrect. And it is an opinion that also like exists in racialized communities where they want to just like blame white people for everything. And yes, we should be. But we also need to understand that they poisoned the water hole. So we have to <laughs> fix everything. We have to fix everything from inside and not just from outside. Yeah. The punch bowl is spiked. <laughs> the punch bowl is spiked, Andrew. The punch bowl is spiked. <laughs> we need to get the alcohol out or replace it entirely. We cannot just talk about the weird party that we were at. <sighs> yeah. Nothing. All right. Well, I think we've got a good sort of spread of discussion topics that we've yes, delved into. Mm-hmm. Do you have any final thoughts? My off-whites, my Latinos, please don't use the N-word. You're not J-Lo. And even J-Lo shouldn't use the N-word, but she J-Lo did. J-Lo should absolutely not, but you know. Never. Just don't. Even if, you th- even if you have that one Black friend who's like, you can say it, don't listen to him. Even <laughs> if you have that one great-grandfather who's Black, don't do it. Don't do it. Please don't do it. That's my, those are my parting thoughts. (laughs) Those are your parting thoughts. Yeah, my Mm -hmm. parting thoughts are basically, I mean, what I said, we need to discuss it. It needs to be a topic. It needs to be an open topic. And people need to stop getting so sensitive when we talk about light-skinned issues. I feel like the pair of you are fairly, are fine with talking about it because you acknowledge the position that you're in. But we have known people who will say the craziest, most racist thing you've ever heard. And they're like light-skinned Black people. Because they've been so brainwashed. Like, we knew a girl who said, well, you know, to our faces, to me, and then to another Black girl and to Carmen, she said to our faces that, like, well, light-skinned people are just better looking than dark-skinned people. Like, that's just a fact. My like, jaw was on the was floor. Crazy. I... <laughs> yes. Out loud. Out loud. Out loud. Out of her, her light-skinned Black person mouth, out loud. And we were like, what? That's wild. She was also only raised wild. by her white parents. Like yeah. her white mom. But like we need to be able to A, call those people out and smack them in the face, maybe, but also we need to like be able to have these conversations and people need to open themselves up to criticism and mm. understand that like we don't live in a world where like all people are treated equally and you will gain privilege depending on your situation. Like mm-hmm. it's like some it, and the thing about race is it, it's hard for some people because I think a lot of people have an easier time saying like, oh, I'm not disabled, so I'm not discriminated against in that way. But they mm-hmm. have a much harder time parsing their racial identity. And we just need to get better at that. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. That would be great. That would be lovely. Thanks, Catherine, for not um, ripping us a new one. I mean, it would have been easy, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to facilitate good conversation. You know, she's she's fair-skinned and all. How? Honestly, you are so lucky we're not in the same room. I would have said that. My my dad's, like, pretty much the same color as you. Like, he's slightly darker. You can tell him he's fair-skinned, too. Yo, some people do. They're like, oh, okay. Like, your dad's black, but he's not, like, black, black. Fuck off. How? Like, don't worry. Like, he still gets pulled over. Do you have any assault charges under your belt? Because you should. With those comments. Uh, Not anymore. (laughs) Oh. All right. Well, thank you, Evan, for being on this episode. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Um, Carmen, we've been do- we've been trying to do recommendations as part Ooh. of our podcast. Do you have anything to recommend that you've been enjoying lately? Okay. 90 Day Fiance is getting real good for anybody <sighs> who wants to watch it. I'm very excited. I'm very thrilled. Yeah, um, it's amazing, uh, but also not amazing. It's terrible. So I guess 90 Day Fiance will always be on my list of greatest shows ever. And uh, Roxanne Gay, the um, amazing author, shares that same feeling. So, you know, I'm in good company. And I guess anything else that I'm watching, if you want to learn about kind of race in Mexico, there's this show called Fun y Circo. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, And it's Diego Luna. And he has like dinner conversations with people from all over the different like spectrums of like politics and things. And one of his episodes is on racism in Mexico. And it's like white people and black people and like brown people, indigenous people. And they talk about race and it's just really interesting because a white person's like, you're being racist against me. And it's very funny, but it's also very good. And you learn a lot about like the dynamics of race in Mexico, if that's ever something you're interested in. Oh, that's cool. 
Mm-hmm. I will say I've already already recommended season one of The Boys because I watched it and I've been watching season two and um, there's a Nazi in it. So if that's interesting to you, a superpowered Nazi. No, nope. um, it's horrifying. Does he get shot in the face? Because that's the only thing that I'm interested in. Honestly, they don't. And it's a woman and it's so horrifying. It's Almost like, no. so Kevin, You keep recommending this to me and all of it sounds terrible. It's really bad. Um, so I'll recommend that as <laughs> I've been watching it, but also because it's fall, I'm going to recommend my favorite show to watch in the fall. It's an animated miniseries called Over the Garden Wall. And it's my favorite thing. And I listen to the soundtrack because it's the ambient Absolutely. like music is like very fall and autumn and it's really 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 good and it's 10 episodes and you can watch it in one night and it's like my favorite thing to watch in the fall it gives you all of the fall feelings mm-hmm. all right so there's that all right that's so great my social media is the cc williams pretty much everywhere and you can follow me for pictures of my cat and our um, social media is i'd kill a spider for you on instagram and i'd kill a spider number four letter u on Twitter, where Carmen will be talking about what else but 90 Day Fiance. I get a lot of likes on my 90 Day Fiance tweets. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah, and my social media is Carmen underscore Maria 416. Evan, do you want to share yours? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is still in the wind. Please go to him for amazing tattoos and fun times. And deep conversations <laughs> about racial injustices <laughs> and inequality. Really light stuff. Yeah, bye to everybody. Adios.